Hi, I'm Dave. Hi, I'm Manu. This is It Came from the Newsstand, a podcast about comics, cards, collectibles, sometimes video games, nostalgia that comes along with being collectors and sellers. That's us. That is definitely us, Dave. Thank you to everybody who's come back. This is our 13th episode, Lucky 13. And me and Manu aren't sure this is actually going to be an episode. So we're going to find out real quick. Yeah, real. we're about to fuck around and find out. Yeah, yeah. We were having a conversation about original art and this specific piece. Do we want, What do you want to do? You want to talk about this? I, I brought this piece to Dave's attention last night. Or actually, he may have seen it because I posted it on my story, but I, I, I forced a conversation about it because Dave is um, very much involved with original art and paying attention to the prices of things as, as someone that is both not, not only selling but buying original art, Dave speaking of. And um, so, you know, a great seller in the community, someone that a lot of us know, uh, Man Behind the Red Hood is the account name, and he posted a picture of a piece of original art. He's uh, he's set up and selling at Baltimore Comic-Con. I believe that's what the convention is called, the Baltimore Comic-Con. And I was a little confused when I saw the post because he said, bought in San Diego, delivered in Baltimore. And as a dealer, he's a dealer, I thought maybe somebody committed to the purchase of that art from him at San Diego Comic-Con and then he delivered it in Baltimore. It was actually the other way around. He committed to the purchase of it from another dealer in San Diego and took possession of it in Baltimore. Cutting to the chase, the page is the last page from Spider-Man Adventures, the animated series comic book, Spider-Man Adventures issue number nine. And it's this full figure of Venom. It's the first appearance of Venom, the animated series Venom. It's even difficult to say, right? And this is going to get to Dave's point in a second. But it's the first appearance of the animated series Venom in a comic book. Now, Spider-Man Adventures number 10, the issue that follows, has the animated series Venom on the cover. And that is a dope, dope book. I love this book. I have so many copies of this book. I love buying this book. I love having it. I love selling it. And I'll tell you a fun thing about this book. Right now, there's probably maybe 10, maybe 13, 14, 9.8s on the census. It is a tough grade. It's a white front cover. It's a black back cover. And, you know, like we talk about with these adventure series books, these are children's cartoons. These were not collected by series collectors the way some of the other ones mm -hmm. were in the 90s. A lot of these were just tossed aside. You know, they were considered a toy. They were put in the bin with the toys. That book, though, Spider-Man Adventures number 10, has directs and newsstands. Um, a fellow collector, someone who I trust, when they tell me anything, told me there is a 9.8 newsstand of number 10. He has seen it. In fact, he missed out on an auction for it once years ago. And we, he or I have not seen another surface since. And I haven't been able to grade a newsstand 9.8 of that book. I digress. Well, maybe not. I say that to say it's really special. A lot of us really love that animated series stuff. We love the animated series Venom, you know, black with the royal blue striping mm -hmm. through them as the veins or whatever, the lines, not the striping. You know, that coloration really resonates with us. And so when, so when Rob put up this post of the splash page from the last page of issue number nine, which is the actual first appearance of animated series Venom in comic books, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Like my initial response, not knowing this thing existed, not expecting to see it. I was one of the first people to see Rob's post. Now hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people have seen it and, and enthusiastically reacted to it. 
I loved it. That was my initial reaction, Dave. It was seeing it and saying, I wish I had that. But that's where this conversation really takes an interesting, a thoughtful turn. Because later that evening, I asked Dave, I said, Dave, what's that piece worth? And that's where the conversation started. Dave, do you want to chime in here? Yeah, yeah. I I will say that um, I agree with you. It is really really cool piece of art. It's Alex Saviak, who is the penciler of the page and the artist for the book. I don't have the connection with it that you do. I didn't watch the Spider-Man animated mm. series that much. I was more of a Batman animated series. But when you asked me what I think it's worth, I said the high is probably three to 5,000 at max. Yeah. And that's what he said the high was. And my jaw dropped because I think it's worth a lot more is essentially what I'm getting at. But sorry, not to cut you off. The reason why I say that is it's like, uh, I wouldn't, I, I can't, I don't want to insult it by calling it a made up key, but it's a book based off a show, which is based off a book. So it's like, you know, it's like a game of telephone. It's like, you know, and, and to me in the way that comics work, it doesn't really mean anything. It's the first appearance of a character from a show that's based off a character from a comic book. And the opposite of that yeah. is Batman Adventures 12, which is the first appearance of Harley Quinn in comics. She was never in a comic before because she was solely created for the Batman animated show. Now, you took you take these two characters and they are – Two of the three most popular characters created in comic books in the last four decades. And those three characters are Harley Quinn, Venom, and Deadpool. They have breached the mainstream in and have invaded the mainstream, I should say. Venom has lost a tiny mm. bit of popularity in my eyes in the mainstream because the movies have been terrible. Poop. Yeah. Harley Quinn, on the other hand, and Deadpool, it's the opposite. Yeah. Those are, you know, two of the, the the best roles have been occupied by two of the best actors out there. So when I look at this page, I say, yes, it's cool. It's, you know, if you like Alex Saviak, it's a really nice piece of art. If you like Venom, it's really, it's really cool. And if you're a fan of the animated series, it's cool too. Something that's cool doesn't always and a lot of times doesn't equate to being worth a ton of money and and to think that this page because it's venom and because it's cool could be worth over ten thousand dollars i think is a far cry from reality now that doesn't mean to to your point that somebody that's insane can push that out there and and market it in a way that somebody pays a lot of money for it but value wise i can make comparisons all day but we can go with a comparison that we resonates with both of us and probably a lot of our listeners if that page is worth upwards of i don't know 10 let's just say 10 start start there right because we don't even know what's being asked for it so on and so forth or what someone paid for it like rob acquired it i would love to know how much rob paid for it i don't have that information though sure sure so we're just going off of like guesstimation you know hypothesis but if you're telling me that page is ten thousand dollars you're you're telling me that i bought two todd mcfarlane pages from amazing spider-man combined for less than ten thousand dollars right 
And so to give you a little idea of what an animated comic page goes for that is actually unimportant, I'm pretty sure I, I might be a little bit wrong on the numbers, but there were two Harley Quinn Batman Adventures 12 pages that went up in the same auction. I think it was Comic Link, and I think it was three months ago, maybe it was four, that went for a hundred grand each. Yeah. Yeah. And just recently, uh Neil Adams page from Batman 232, which is the first Raz Al Ghoul, went for twenty-five thousand dollars. So those are two wildly contrasting things. But you're telling me that the Venom could be worth half of the Graz Al Ghul? That doesn't add up to me. Nobody nobody should pay that much money for it. Logically, the way that you talk about it yeah. is logical. Like, you know, I, I would have to be lying to deny what you said, Where and I'll repeat it, is this is the animated first appearance of a character that's already had an actual first appearance, right? It's like, like, okay, I get it, right. but it's it's not the actual first appearance of the character. It's the first appearance of the animated character. Now, the disconnect is just like you said, you don't have the emotional connection with the animated series, right? Mm-hmm. But you're also intelligent enough to realize that that is a valuable emotional connection that some of us have with the animated mm-hmm. series. That was my every Saturday morning. You know, that tied into my affection for the action figures because those were mm-hmm. designed after the animated series. Um, from my recollection, they were. Yeah, the, the, every character was the depiction of the animated series. So that's how so many of us that have that emotional tie to the animated series feel about it, right? Now, it's not as though I ventured into the world of animated art, but. It's not difficult for me to have the emotional reaction of saying, damn it, that nostalgia could be worth a lot. But you know what's weird is like, not weird, but it's not serving our conversation to not have hard numbers because then we can really talk about this, right? Like if somebody has paid 40 grand for it, we could be like, what the hell? (laughs) 40 grand, you know? Or if we knew that Rob bought it for, you know, I don't know. I can't even assume. Like at least we would have something to discuss. This is hypothetical, like... What is this thing going to sell? Rob's a seller. He's going to sell it. And there's no shortage of people that want it. The post has like four or 500 likes on it, right? Yeah. So it's got traction. It's got traction. It's got interest. And it's just like I'm t- when, what I told you is no one showed that to me. I saw it. And my reaction was how I felt. And I, I got to I gotta put value on that, right? Sure. And so and the question is how many other people look at it and feel like I would love owning that. See, it's it's no one is going to argue the fact that it's not Venom's first appearance. And I don't think anyone reasonable is going to argue the fact that it's a little strange to put significance on the animated version of a thing. But the truth is, it has been put on it, you know. And I do buy into the idea of the significance of it as its animated counterpart of the character that we already knew. And there's a lot of things that I don't buy into. But for some reason, I don't push back on that idea. I'm just like, fuck yeah. Let's cheerlead for the animated part. We grew up with it. We love it. But dude, I've like like I'm telling you, Spider-Man Adventures number 8, 9, and 10, those three books, I religiously buy those books. Mm-hmm. I religiously buy them in 9-8s, buy them directs, buy them newsstands, and try to grade 9-8 newsstands of those books. 
I think, yeah, I mean, you and I obviously have a very different connection with that uh, that IP, if you will. Sure. I think the most important and cool thing about the Spider-Man uh, animated series is the logo. That that thing is 90s to a T. That's that logo. It's on the action figure box. It's, it's, we, it's everywhere. We all know that logo. Well, can yeah. I bring something up about this? Yes. Yes. Okay. What brings a premium to original art at large in a general sense? Are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking okay. you. Like, in the open market, yeah. why is there a premium put on certain art? Character and artist. Those are the significant things. Who was the artist and who was the character? Okay, so half of it is the artist. And I... I think in fine art, it's all the artist, right? Fine art. Right. Like it could be, who cares? You could say, I have a Rembrandt. Yeah. I have a Jackson Pollock. Well, sure. You know? Yeah. No one asks which one. Maybe some people do, but the branding is saying you own the the person's art. There's only very few pieces of art out there that like you can say in the mainstream, like Starry Night. You know, or Mona Lisa. But anyway. That's Van Gogh. Starry Night is Van Gogh. There you go. There you go. So there you go. Um, Oh. (laughs) Fuck. Got it. So so in fine art, it's clearly the artist. And in in street art, it's usually the the artist. You know, like Shepard Fairey has done hundreds and thousands of pieces of art. But when you say you own a Shepard Fairey original, whatever, okay? So we get to comic art. Point taken, yeah, of course. Yeah. So we get to comic art and it's half and half. Do you care about Alex Saviuk as an artist? Only because he drew the Adventures comic books and I like them. Like, no, the I mean, I can't say no because I have a connection, but I don't look at, I don't think of him when I think of my favorite artists. Yes. And no offense. It's just the truth. No, he he's a very, but he's a standard Marvel artist. He does, you know, great Marvel style, kind of, you know, that the typical, uh, he did, I think it was Spectacular Spider-Man for years and it's very much like he's got that style, but yeah, it just... To me, this brings the bigger conversation that we were speaking about briefly. It's a very trendy thing. And trends are very dangerous for pricing and for perceived value. A lot of our friends right now, and I don't, I'm not trying to insult them, but a lot of our friends right now are buying original animated cells from the X-Men and from Spider-Man. And on the other side of that, they're buying Dando Santos artwork and they're buying card artwork. And it's very trendy. Do you know in a five-minute episode, and I don't know the exact number, but I can guesstimate. Do you know in a five-minute portion of an X-Men episode how many animation cells are used to animate five minutes? It's, it's in the hundreds. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way until you and I had that conversation because I do think animation cells are cool. Um, but you made some really interesting points. You know, those those TV those stores that used to exist in the '90s that made it feel like mm-hmm. um, like a playground for everything on movies and on television. They used to have the framed animated cells, the Cinderella ones, the Beauty yeah. and the Beast ones, all of these things. 
And it didn't, it didn't occur to me, you know, how many of these exist. I still think they're cool. Now, relative to price, I would have to make a decision about whether I think it was worth buying. I don't even know what those things cost because I was not one of the people that went and bought any animated cells recently. Not that I wouldn't have if I did, if I saw one I really liked, but I just, sure. I, I didn't, I wasn't reaching for any and every. I only react when I, like, it's what I want, you know? And, uh, and that I didn't see right away. But, uh, there was something that you had just said about animated cells. Oh, and I just want to say this just to put this out there because we may have a difference of opinion here and I think it's important for me to articulate my perspective on this. When you say that it's trendy right now, and I'm going to talk ex- uh, specifically about like the Dan Dos Santos art because he's the artist on Marvel Masterpieces, I actually don't think that's trendy. I think the only reason we're aware of it is because we're aware of it. If you left that circle of the couple of dozens of people that are talking about it, no one's talking about it. There's not a single person in the comic yeah. book world that doesn't deal in current Marvel cards that has a clue that there's Dan Dos Santos pieces to be purchased, nor do they care that it's happening. And I don't mean that in an offensive way. I'm just drawing that uh, that change in, in perspective that I, I, I don't think I share the same perspective in that I do not think that's a trend at all. I think that's an isolated little thing that's happening and we're just aware of it. You're, you're 100% right and I, I'm wrong. You're 100% right. Oh, there was, well, damn, I don't even know what to do after you say that. No, you're, you're, I, I didn't think about it that way, and I didn't think it out. And I, I you're right. You're 100% right. Because the only cool, people cool. I see posting about it is uh, is the very niche group of people in that group. Yeah, but, yeah it's but, a few folks. That's it. But the animated cell thing, um, and i not trying to knock animated cells. I think they're cool. I just, it's one of these things that I see as definitely a trend, people buying them. And as long as you're not paying too much for them, that's okay. But just know, you have to know what you're getting into. You just have to know that there's a lot of them out there. So if you've got that really cool cell of Sabretooth kicking Wolverine and the, you know, the nuts, there's probably 40 of them that look almost exactly the same, just a slight difference because it's an animated thing. Uh, so I just... And I want to continue hearing you talk. I just I wanted to say that, and I am wrong about the masterpieces thing. You're right. Then I'm glad I'm glad I said something then because now we're we're sharing the same uh, perspective on that, and so yes. that I think that's that's conducive to the conversation. Yeah, I want to know how much some of these animated cells cost because the way that you're telling me about them makes perfect sense to me, right? Like there must be hundreds of them for every like you know short amount of animation because mm-hmm. that's how animation works right like it's basically a flip book and and that's what's happening so if the prices are not unreasonable which is a relative thing i have don't even know what they cost it's cool wall art you know it's cool stuff to have but if you really are concerned about scarcity and stuff perhaps not an equivalent to original artwork yes and i equated it earlier when we were talking about it um akira is one of the those things that like mega popular finding an animation cell get it just get it if you can get it and they they come up every once in a while but um and then you know you go older i i do believe that some of that stuff at the warner brothers store in the 80s and 90s was worth money because if i recall correctly they were numbered and they were signed by different people whether it was bruce tim for batman or maybe even kevin conroy but then there was chuck jones signed looney tunes and you know he's he's an important figure and if you somehow have a authentic walt disney signed animation cell well you know there's gold um yeah 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 yeah. but with it you know with the when it comes to the 90s stuff with the x-men 
it's cool. I just want people to know that it's not as limited as maybe you perceive it to be. But then rolling it back to the original art, mm-hmm. that's all one of one. And yes. and you know, I, I and I said to you before, although it looks, you know, I I'm buying a lot of original art because I have the means to right now. I have been involved in and out by proxy or by first birth by me. I've been involved in original art for a long time. So I do know a lot about it. It's blown up uh, over the last two years, you know, but it, it's a, it's a sticky thing when you're, you're getting into something that like is you're emotionally connecting with. It shouldn't always equate to being super expensive. Right. Right. And it's, it, it's, you know, I, I want you to get into original art because I know you appreciate art. Um, but I don't want you to get hosed. <laughs> right. And in that, here's the, but here's the fascinating thing about it. If I have conviction that I can find someone that appreciates it as much as I do and has more money than I do, mm. well, then I'm not going to get hosed. Right. Right. Like it just depends on what I think might be my avenue to move it on. And if I believe and ultimately find an individual that is like, fuck yeah, I want that thing. Well, then I'm golden. Sure, sure. That is true. That's the cool thing about original art. There's, since there's only one, you only need to find one person that wants that one thing. And I'm not me. I'm not saying this in like some predatory sort no. of sense. I'm saying that's a cool ass situation. There are people out there with millions of dollars that do not give a shit if they make a bad purchase of some OA that they want. No, they don't. I mean, there's... It's funny, there are publicly a lot of big art collectors, and then there's privately a lot, but two people that come to mind, uh, David Mandel is probably the most, the foremost of the public figures of art collecting because he's a uh, TV writer, and he was the one who owned the Dark Knight cover, number one, which sold for whatever, I think, a 1.1 million or 1.2 million, the Frank, ah. Frank Miller iconic Batman with the light. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, the the light, the blue into the, yeah. the gorgeous cover. Gorgeous. Yeah. And cover. then Dinesh. Dinesh is very public about some of the art he owns and he's our age. So the stuff that he wants is the stuff that we all grew up loving. And he he just went to Baltimore and, and was bringing the uh, – he has the cover for the first appearance of Doomsday. I think it's Man of Steel 18. Wow. And he owns the cover to ASM 300. I'm just sorry. I, just, I, I know. I, just, oh, I know. Shit. I know. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And even though that's like not one of my favorite McFarlane covers, it's, it's still. The, it's so damn cool to know that. Yeah. It's your, yeah. You know, yeah. It, look, it's so highly contagious. There's so much that races through my mind when I start looking at original art and the rabbit holes I go down. Dude, last night. Last night? This morning. This morning, I was watching. I was watching cartoonist kayfabe, and they were doing one of their wizard episodes. I think they're up to issue sixty-nine. Nice. Hey. And, and I started looking through that book that I brought to your attention the uh, the big book of wizard yeah. covers that yeah. you ended up buying. Did you ever really oh, look yeah, through I that book? Through that, but what did I miss? What are you saying? All of the covers that they never used. Oh. The Lobo, Eric Larson, the Bart Sears, the, the right, all the Bart right. Sears ones that they never use. So, so I start going online today. I'm looking through that book. And I'm like, where's all that? <gasps> the originals exist. Okay. Well, you know what I found out? 
Like 10 years ago, people were onto that. Some of those covers sold for nearly $10,000 before the original art boom happened in the last couple of years. Okay. So that stuff's out there in private collections. There's so much cool art that never got published by Wizard that they commissioned. And man, I would love to own a piece of original Wizard art, but I don't know how it's going to happen. It's a lot of money. Yeah, I not only would I love to own a piece of original art, man, you could give me one of those reader submitted pieces of artwork <laughs> that were the, you know, the the, the drawn by readers oh, yeah. covers. Oh yeah. Bro, there's some there they give they wake my nostalgia up because that was one of the first pieces of that magazine that I would go to when I would get a new issue. I loved to see them. And um there was some great artwork that that readers would submit, and it, it warms my heart. I do believe it is issue number nine, mm-hmm. and that is the Venom cover. But coincidentally, the winner that month within that was also a Venom artwork. Um, and I've taken a picture of it and put it on my Instagram story, and I'm like, does anyone know where this guy is <laughs> or this art? Because fuck yeah, man. Good way to to – you should literally – Go into the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel, click on that episode, look at the comments. It might actually – a lot of oh, those people – Yeah, they they would always talk about it. When they were first started doing the Wizard episodes, they would always talk about that section and say, if anybody you know submitted any of this art, sound off in the comments. So there's a good chance if somebody came to about it, they sounded off in the comments. So you can check out the – the the youtube comments they um they've also discovered some people that like they knew or that it was somebody that ed went to high school with or jim went to high school with that submitted art to wizard magazine i love that wizard magazine truly is the wormhole because you can just pick up an issue from any era that you read comics in and be brought back to your childhood and then you could also feel how you got burned by Wizard Magazine because of the price guide in the back. But that's a different story. Yes. <laughs> and I, ne- yeah, I never felt the burn because I was just, you know, well, I didn't, I wasn't, I was nine. Um, but back to this OA, I mean, back to this, this specific piece. Yeah. This, uh, this Venom piece. Now, when you say like, and you've discussed it with friends, like, you know, three, four thousand, one thousand percent. If if that piece were offered to me for three, four, or even five thousand, it would be mine. Sure. There wouldn't be a second thought that I would buy it twice, bro. And you can't. <laughs> That's the thing about original art. But that wouldn't be a. It wouldn't even be a thought, dude. Um, because I want it. You know, like you're, you're doing something to me right now, which is going to have ramifications. I'm just letting you know. Oh shit! Okay, well, we'll see where that goes. And then, <laughs> that's interesting. And then now, but I'll also say this: I think, and I could just be emotionally optimistic. I think it's going to sell for tens of thousands of dollars. That's kind of I don't I don't know that that's if if I thought that was the value of it, like I had confidence in that, I wouldn't have had the conversation with you last night the way that I did. Yeah. I came to you with the question because I'm trying to figure out what is the value. I don't know. So that's why I Mm -hmm. asked you. But if and when I find out that it's sold for 27, 36, whatever, I'm going to be like, yeah, fuck it. Someone's probably happy with it. Like, I'm insane. I don't know. But where are you at with this? That's bad. 
that's bad for original art. That pushes that I I that's like saying somebody really wanted I don't even know like a fucking Darkhawk number one double cover nine eight so much that they drove the price of the auction up from where it probably would have ended at five thousand dollars to twenty five thousand dollars. And that could one person do that. It takes two. Well, that is well, fuck. Um <laughs> fuck, Manu. You just <laughs> you just popped the goddamn tires on my car. Uh what I'm trying to say is that if you're telling me that if there's a scenario where that page ends for $35,000, you're telling me that that page is worth just as much as a Jack Kirby or a page from Thanos Quest drawn by Ron Lim or more than a standard Todd McFarlane Spider-Man page, more than an Eric Larson standard uh, Amazing Spider-Man page, more than a Bagley standard Amazing Spider-Man page. That's not good for original art. That's not good for collectibles in general if shit starts going haywire like that. <laughs> It'll be you fun. know? <laughs> I mean, um, it's fun, but it's unhealthy for I the think, hobby. I think what I'm saying is, because I hear what you're saying. Yeah. And because um, I don't know what the hell the thing's going to sell for. And I'm just admitting that I wouldn't think it was crazy if it sold for what would be perceived as a fuck ton. But the reason that I think it's could happen is because obviously somebody spending that much money is smart and they are doing, you know, whatever their idea of due diligence is or whatever mm-hmm. their idea of like analysis is before spending that kind of money, you know. Um you have to have a you'd have to have a, a different sort of money to not be concerned at all before you spend <laughs> thirty or forty grand or whatever the number might be. But I think there's a likely scenario where whomever the buyer ends up being agrees with everything you're saying, but just not being reasonable about it, just doesn't care. Sure. He or she is saying, I'm not discrediting the more respectable, classic, you know, obviously collectors want sort of pieces. I'm just saying there are those and then there's this kind of stuff. And a few of us will spend our money on this kind of stuff while more reasonable more like level-minded risk um adverse folks will buy the blue chip stuff sure yeah there's that's a great way to look at it how about this though somebody says i and this is all hypothetical but rob red hood Mm -hmm. tries to sell it to somebody for twenty five thousand dollars, whatever and that person says fuck you no He'll never be able to sell it to anybody else. Wait, why? What do you mean? What's that? There's only one person. Like I'm saying, if you're saying there's one person that would pay that, there's not five people that would pay that. Like he's not going to – if that person says no to that price or somebody says no to that price, it's got to come back down to earth. If and when Rob sells this piece, yeah, he can afford a nice microphone. Can we have him on the show to ask him stuff? Yes. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just don't get it. Like there's so many things that are cool, but I wouldn't pay four, five, ten, fifteen times the amount that I should be paying for it just because it's cool. Now, you know, it speaks yeah. to you. But you gotta be smart about what speaks Man, to you. At three to four thousand dollars, I don't think you have to be all that smart about it. It's like fuck it. If you told me, hey Dave, I got this offered to me at 
three and a half thousand dollars and I fucking love it, you know what I'd say to you, Manu? Buy, Buy it. Shit. But if you said Dave and I, this is the default thing when it comes to original art because I'm gonna I'm gonna beat it like a fucking dead horse. But if you come to me and say, "Dave, I got offered this for twelve thousand dollars," I'd be like, "Would you like to buy one of my McFarland pages for a ten for ten thousand and keep your two grand? Because I could sure use the ten grand to buy more original right, art, right, right. smartly." No, I hear <laughs> um, you, man. I hear you. Those are it's it. There's no point that you've made. Like I said earlier, that I can disagree with because this shit is rational. Yeah. For whatever um, whimsical reason, all about supporting the irrational, compulsive uh, sort of emotional decision making when it comes to some stuff, some stuff. But Mm -hmm. if it was somebody that shouldn't be spending that kind of money... I would not be enthusiastically supporting. I would be more critical of the decision. Right. I just think that whomever buys it is not going to be making a life or death decision with the money they're going to spend on it. Even they're going to realize this isn't the most important thing, but damn it, I want it. And it has to be someone that has that kind of money to spend. Right? Sure. sure. But I really want um, to know what it... Because it will sell. It Somebody's going to buy it. Yeah, you will for $3,500. Dude, if I hit up well, if I hit up Rob and say, "Hey, can I have this for three and a half thousand? I'll be left on scene. <laughs> Is what I'm assuming, you know. Yeah. He did enjoy my post yesterday, though, which was sweet. Good. You know, it's funny what you're gonna end up doing to me. Is well, I could talk about it because it's. This is going to be heard in two weeks if it gets – It's we're keeping this fucking episode. I like this episode. It's too good not to. But I'm not worried about like jinxing myself because either it's going to be existing this week or it won't. But I think I told you about this. Yeah. Ed Pisker, mm-hmm. one half of cartoonist Kayfabe, artist behind Hip Hop Family Tree, Red Room, X-Men Grand Design. He did this image of The Thing for a variant cover for Fantastic Four Grand Design. It is an homage to Dark Batman Dark Knight number two. It's that – um cover that weird ass cover where batman looks weird as hell and he's like crunched up in the page it's it's intense you showed me the picture of the thing piece too yeah 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 so he homaged it with the thing he had posted that he was you know they're both him and jim rugg are gonna be at baltimore comic-con which ended probably about four hours ago and he was bringing that piece for sale the original cover that is my First of all, I'm not a huge Fantastic Four fan, and outside of Jack Kirby, like there's never really been a piece of the team art that has really spoken to me. Doctor Doom's a different story, but I remember seeing that cover for the first time. I'm like, holy fuck! Not only is this a brilliant homage, it's an amazing illustration, and the thing looks as as cool as he's ever looked, scrunched up in the confines of a comic book cover. Yeah, yeah. And so I reached out to Ed, and I've talked to him before. He's you know. I've got not a relationship with him, but I've got a nice back and forth with him. And I said, hey, you know, I hope everything's well. And I said, what's your ask on the thing cover? And he said five grand. Mm-hmm. And I said, all right, well, I'm going to circle back to you uh, next week, meaning, you know, within the next six days. If you didn't sell it, I might end up buying it. And I think 5K is probably what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Maybe four, maybe six. But I fucking love that cover. I love that art. 
and I really would like to support him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that's that's another piece of this. It's like I'm buying it from the source. Yeah, there's no middleman. There's no rep. I think I'm going to buy it this week. Wow. I think I'm just going to do it. I think I just I really want it, and I don't. There's no part of me that's like I shouldn't buy it. No part of me. Oh, and so I want to ask you just be, no, congratulations on making that decision, or you know having a commitment to it in your mind right now, and perhaps you will pull the trigger. So I'm happy to hear that. Um, yeah. Question for you: Are you buying it as? Do you, is there any part of it that you're looking at as an investment? Like, are you going to get that money out of it later, or hope to get more out of it later? Is that part of the equation? I think that if I was to ever sell it later, you know, years down the road, I would not lose money. I don't know how much I'd make if I, you know, but I wouldn't lose money. Okay. I mean, he's he's established himself as a pure comic book artist and the two of them have established themselves as the forefront for you know a podcast about comics and so on that strength his art to me it does he doesn't sell a lot of it so you know maybe maybe i break even on it if i sold it down the road but that's the type of thing where i'm going to get framed and that's going to live with me for as long as i want it to Beautiful. That is exactly yeah. why I asked the question. I wanted to hear those things. So, but, and that's kind of like a, you know, like to bring it full circle in that way. I do love that image. I do want to own that image. It's not a first appearance, but it is a cover. So covers always command a premium. And it's an artist that I want to own a piece of art from that I, I, I'm a fan of. And so it's like listening to you talk about loving something so much that, you know, like you can, the emotional tie to it also brings that value. And then you just kind of convince me. Well, I'm happy. Oh, I'm, well, I'm happy to have played a part <laughs> in that because that was an emotional purchase. That's not a, that's not a sure shot investment. It's not a flip. It's uh, it's not that it's a, there's confidence and security in the fact that you're buying it for what you think is a reasonable price and you probably will be able to get out of it for as much, if not more. And that is a nice comfort level. I mean, a nice like um, uh, security, what is it called? Safety mm-hmm. net? Safety net. There you Safety go. Safety net, whatever. Um, but But you're buying it because you want it. You're buying it because you are saying, I can put 5,000 in this put this on this wall and not feel bad, period. I love yes. this thing. Yes. Yeah. To be honest with you, 85, 95% of the original art that I own is because I just love the art or the artist. I rarely buy things for investment purposes. It just happens to be that the artists that I like are artists that are those types of you know, caliber, at least in the modern era. Like, I don't own any crazy old art anymore because I sold that one piece. But McFarlane, mm-hmm. I own Ryan Otley pages from Invincible. I own Greg Capullo Spawn pages. Ooh. Yeah, so it's like I, I just happen to like stuff that's never going to be not appreciated generally. I have uh, a very old original Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird Shredder piece. Um from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1986 or 85. I don't even know what it's worth because I haven't met Eastman yet because I need to like ask him what the history of it is because oh, wow. he's he's used that piece for a t-shirt. So it's something that they 
he created to be marketed the 40 years ago. Oh, I got. Oh, you don't know what the original use of the actual artwork was. It's not from a yeah. comic book page or anything like that. No, it's just a it's just a, a a badass image of Shredder signed by it's done. I think the art was completely done by Eastman, but Laird might have colored it. Uh, once again, I'd have to meet one of them and ask them the significance of what the history of it is. But, you know, there's peace there. Yeah. Uh, the original art thing is such a rich, per- like a like the stuff that I really want. And I'm sure the stuff that you'd really want is for people that can just be like, yeah, I'll spend $25,000 and go on with my day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, more power to them. You know, but sure. Yeah. I mean, look, to bring this back around, I have no idea what the piece is worth. Mm-hmm. Um, I love I love hearing your take on it because it's important. It's um, well informed. And then there's my emotional side of it. And also, I'm completely fine not having a clue. You know, if it's yeah. worth five, fine. If it's worth thirty five, great. Like, I don't know. And there's I don't. I don't have a horse in the race. It doesn't matter if I know or not. I'm just trying to figure it out because I'm interested and I'm fascinated. Um, so hopefully we will get some sort of, you know, conclusion to the curiosity. Like hopefully sure. we will find out something and be able to talk about it. And even if it does sell for a lot, I hope it doesn't have that negative thing that you said, like that would be bad for the whole community. It would be disruptive. I hope it doesn't have that. I hope I hope people on the more sophisticated side of artwork say this doesn't have anything to do with what we do over here you know <laughs> consider it a, a different sec a, a different segment of oa collecting you know the animated appearance of an already important figure you know um and yeah. you use this terminology and cut it out if you don't want me to say it but you were like it seems like a made-up significance you know yeah it does it kind of does and and it's not hard for me to hear you say that. And it's like, I get it. And then I'm like, I'm not always this person. But for these kinds of things, I'm like, I'm okay with that, though. Do you know? Say just, <laughs> and it's, it's just my truth, right? It's like, sure, whatever. And it's the same with like graded video games, right? We have this conversation where you're very logical about it. And, and I'm like, yeah, but I like it, though. Dude, and that's... That is, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, it's not a, you're not trying to, to bring it to the forefront and push it to everybody. You're finding something that you feel is special to you and putting an emotional premium on that. And and that's okay. Like we can love what we love and, and, and be really into that. Um, So I don't, I don't want people to think that I'm trying to rain on the parade. I'm just looking at it from the other side. But dude, I love that you love that and I think it's cool and shit, if somebody offered me a Harley Quinn uh, page from Batman Adventures, fuck that. If somebody offered me, if I could buy a page from like the first 20 issues of Batman Adventures, I would because I love Ty Templeton's art and I, I love- Wait, then who's Bruce Tim? Bruce T- Okay, so Bruce Tim was the, the creator, co-creator of the animated series- Mm-hmm. And he did all like the design, you know, the the design work. The jaw is the yeah. jawline is from Bruce Tim. So what yeah. are you talking about? Oh, Ty Templeton did the comic. 
Batman anim- the Batman Adventures comic. Adventures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they yeah. have the Bruce Tim jawline on the comic book. I know. Well, so it's it's interesting. This is a whole other world of like there's original art out there that people will do in the style of Bruce Tim. Sure. And Tem- Templeton's like just one of those I think it's Ty Templeton. So Ty Templeton's the artist, but he he was the one who who adapted Bruce Tim's design and artwork. But the all the all the design that jawline of Batman and that smile of the Joker, that was all Bruce Tim's artwork. Right, okay. But he wasn't a he was a monthly comic guy. He did a lot of covers. Darwin Cook did some covers, but uh Tim, I want a piece. Tim's up there. Bruce Tim is up there for I want an original piece of his art, and I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet because he's known for two things, really. And they're the the animated series design, you know, it's the animated series that he created with Paul Dini. And, and then he also did the Superman animated series. So they all have that look. Yeah. But then he is also like a pinup artist and mm-hmm. he does these beautiful cartoonish nude women. Mm-hmm. And, and they like, I'm not a nude art collector. I'm not, you know, it's not my thing, but I have hovered over buying one of his nude pieces multiple times because they just, they're so cool. They're so mm. stylized and beautiful looking. And I just need to spend the money because I, I don't, you know, like you can get a decent one for three, for around 3000 Or you could try and get a Batman piece or something like that for a lot of money. But he is he's just become one of my favorite artists. But anyway, if I had the chance to buy, going back to what I originally said, like a really early Batman Adventures page, I would because I connect with that. So I get it. Would I spend ten grand on one unless it was the, from Batman Adventures Twelve? No, not not even close. Right. Not even close. And what you said earlier about like Harley Quinn, Batman Adventures Twelve, I I completely understand why that would be worth so much more, uh, because of what you said. That's an actual first appearance of the character. Yeah. That character didn't exist first in the standard comic book series, and this is the animated first appearance. Harley Quinn's introduction was through the animated yeah. series and then in the comic book it was through Batman Adventures it wasn't it was through the comic book that uh is referencing the animated series that is the first appearance this venom is not that at all venom existed already yeah. this is the first appearance in animated memory right so basically the value for this piece is all nostalgia it's all nostalgia and emotions yeah Whoever puts a significance on it and a price tag on it based on that, that's their desirability factor for it. It is not for traditional comic book significant milestone reasons. It is all about memory, nostalgia, and emotion on this particular piece. Yes, yes. And like I said, inherently there's nothing wrong with that, but overpaying or or inflating prices or making up a you know, a huge price for it. It just doesn't seem good. Yeah, let's see how this whole thing plays out. Very, I'm glad we got to talk about this. Let's see how this thing pans. You know, I'm going to follow it. I love the damn Fuck piece. Yeah. Anything that I really like, I love to know who owns it, where'd it go, what, what the hell, you know. So. But dude, this this really in like this really kind of brings together the mantra of the show of us being, you know, collectors who are wrapped up in nostalgia and the emotions that come with it, and all, and the sellers that are. We're sellers that are also wrapped up in it, and it, it nostalgia and be like it, it's a hell of a drug. Oh boy, is it? I'll tell you, it's it's my favorite. Yeah. So, 
but th- this was a really nice conversation. And I just want to say to to our, our listeners, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm a know-it-all on this because I'm not. I just, I watch and I listen and I learn. And there's just, there's so much that goes on in the original art world. But if you want to reach out to me with, you know, questions or if you're looking to buy a piece and you want some advice, you know, I will definitely help and I can direct you to other people that are even more helpful. Um, but there's there's a lot of resources out there for original art. So you don't have to just go into it blindly. And that's, uh, yeah. 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 I mean, I asked Dave for advice. So that's my, yeah, exactly. I'm learning through Dave at the moment because I've never bought or sold original art. So I don't have references. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad we got to have this conversation and I'm glad for the fact that it was a fucking i enjoyed this conversation i love it i'm so yeah this is this was perfect productive perfect and pleasant the three p's of it came from the newsstand well with that i will ask our loyal listeners and followers that if you are not subscribed to the podcast please just follow us subscribe to it whatever it is that you do and also If you could drop us a little rating to say how sexy you found our voices or how informative you found our jibber jabbers, we would appreciate that because it just puts our podcast out there to new listeners. And when we get new listeners, we throw little parties in our heads to celebrate. That's the truth. We do. I do. I definitely do. Thank you, everyone. Uh, In closing, Manu, where can they find us? If you're looking for Dave... You can find him on Instagram and on YouTube under the same name, West Coast Daveengers. If you're looking for me, you can find me on Instagram at the 9.9 Newsstand. And if you're looking for the podcast page on Instagram, we'd love for you to find that page. It is It Came From The Newsstand. And this has been another glorious episode of It Came From The Newsstand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Is the last page.